0: I'd just like
1: to um, invite Julian, uh, Julian's one of our, our elders, who's going to be sharing the word today,
2: uh, and uh, yeah, before uh, he kicks off his message, I'd love to pray for him. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for, for Julian, and we thank you for the word that you've placed on his heart. We pray that, that you might speak to us today uh, through the, the words that Julian's prepared and through your word, and Father, we might walk from this place uh, closer to you, renewed by, by your words and your spirit. Um, we pray your anointing over Julian right now, in Jesus' name, Amen. Thanks, mate. Thank you so much, uh, Anthony. Yes, it is a privilege to be able to share with you today, and I, I suppose it's my it's my hope that uh, I might challenge you, uh, maybe have some um, some ideas to uh, to think about. We're continuing our Faith Runs Deep series, and the the section that uh, I have uh, selected to um, speak on today is that other religion, and it's basically about sport and a celebration of, of sport. So, uh, so buckle up and enjoy the ride. It's been, uh, been an interesting uh, time over the last couple of months thinking about what role sport plays in our world. Now, this is yesterday's Herald Sun... Um, and I'm just often thinking, say for instance, you were an alien from outer space and you were just monitoring what is important to people in Victoria. Well, uh, I think the first uh, dozen or 13, 14, 15 pages are sort of news. Um, there's um, a home section, a weekend magazine. There's a substantial section, a 12-page, no, it might even be 14 pages... Of I suppose um, racing results and so on, which is sort of sport, but possibly gambling. And then at the end, um, uh, then at the end, there's probably 16, 17 pages um, devoted to sport. So yes, you would be justified in thinking, well, percentage-wise, that's quite a lot of information that people wanted to focus on um, with with sport. I was talking to Anthony at, uh, at a break between the services and. State Youth Games, it's amazing. My, uh, one of my daughters is down there. And isn't it incredible what a unifying thing sport is? It gives you that sense of competition, of urgency, of purpose, of belonging, uh, and helps join the kids together. And then they also have a wonderful time of, uh, of worship and, and so on. Now, I hope you're sitting comfortably. It's only 11.31. I hope people haven't made lunch arrangements because I'm going to share with you my sporting achievements. I'm 61, and just sit comfortably and relax, okay, because I'm going to share with you my sporting achievements. All righty. Okay, deep breath. Okay, I played under-12 footy, um, under-12 and under-14 footy for three and a half years, and in that time, I had two full games. Um, okay, then, then I sort of moved on a little bit from Aussie rules. Perhaps it wasn't really for me. Um, so then I joined the school soccer team, and I played for six years for the school soccer team, and i was a striker, which is as a forward. And um, believe it or not, um, I managed to spend six years as a striker, the main sort of goal-scoring person, and not managed to score one goal in all those games. Now, I was at Oberon High School. Now, I shall just put things into cultural context there. That's my other claim to fame is that's the school where Paddy Dangerfield went, but um, obviously our sporting um, careers just took different paths. Um, Okay, so personally, uh, my um, sporting prowess is not that great, but I love sport. I must confess at this point, and and feel free to to leave early if you like, that I am a Collingwood supporter. So um, there would be a proportion of our congregation who uh, wish they'd known that information before I was inducted as an elder. But that's what I love about sport. It's a uniting thing. Okay, we can have that banter about it and so on. And it really is uh, amazing. Okay, I suppose um, I've had months to think about this. So forgive me if I've over-analyzed elements of it, but I've really thought deep and hard about what it is about sport that can really unite us uh, now after after uni I um, went overseas uh, from 1982 to 1989 and I lived in the UK and taught in a in a small primary school in London and I remember when I came back um, to Australia someone took me aside and they said oh you've missed two amazing really quite difficult and the some uplifting things when you were away one was the the chronic bushfires in 1983 uh, and they were absolutely devastating and they were covered very very broadly and comprehensively on the on the in the English press and that that was devastating particularly in this region with um, the Otways and so on Um, and if we could go to the next slide please the uh, the next thing was they said what you missed was Australia winning the America's Cup now it was a little bit easier in the early service because the demographic probably can remember this. You know, I'm, I'm saying that some of you might be a little bit younger. But basically, that was a, a yacht race that the, the uh, I think the Newport Yacht Club, or the New York Yacht Club, based in Newport, Rhode Island, had had for 100, oh, 120 years or something. I'm making this up. But in a very, very exciting um, contest, um, Australia, under the guise of Alan Bond, Um, I think it was the the final race of the series, um, actually won, and the America's Cup was returned to Australia. Now, yes, that was covered in the UK press, but obviously not quite to the excitement and degree it was covered in Australia. And there's a picture of Bob Hawke. I think it says Australians go bonkers. Uh, There's a picture of Alan Bond with the fighting kangaroo and so on. And I think think Bob Hawke even declared the next day an an annual holiday or um, said that, that people wouldn't be punished... Um, if they took a day off. What? Wow, amazing. It united a nation. It's a boat race. It united a nation. But then, once again, trying to unpack it and probably overthinking it in some ways, I really did look at maybe the, the biblical principle of that. There's something that just gets us as humans about that David and Goliath feeling. You know what I'm saying? When the small nation can knock off um, you know, an established, uh, bigger, more powerful, wealthier nation and so on but also it relates to football or any other thing, is that don't you love it when at your team, the underdogs um, managed to knock off um, someone who had been very successful and knocked them off their perch? So sport is very, very much linked into our psyche. Quite a few years ago, um, we used to run a school trip to Canberra um, with your six kids, and I, I really quite enjoyed it. You know, Canberra is an interesting place. It's one of the few cities in the world which is planned from from day dot uh interesting place some magnificent buildings there the art gallery parliament house um the war memorial is remarkable now if you've never been there that is to me it's the heart and soul of canberra because the sense of sacrifice for the people there and no one i defy anyone to stand in that in the in the memorial and and see those black uh, brass plaques of people who sacrificed their life for our freedom, is very, very moving. The rest of Canberra left me a little bit cold. Um, And in all honesty, there was the war memorial. Yes, that was deeply, deeply moving. The only other place that the 12-year-old kids, and to a lesser extent myself, found any sort of spiritual dimension was where? Any ideas? It was the Australian Institute of Sport. Now, that's on the outskirts of Canberra, this multi-million dollar complex with all the different playing fields and so on. And I remember um, this hush went over the school group, as the guide said, and this is the pool where Ian Thorpe swam, or whoever, you know, Liesl Jones and so on. It was just quite funny, because it was one of those things, it's just like, whoa. This is this is amazing. This is where these athletes ran. But I suppose, and we will explore elements of this as well in, in, in the the um, in the, um, the, the uh, slide, the, the film clip, a little in, in a moment or so. I suppose you want to. Th- I want to think about and explore, as I said, what sport means to us and how important that is. Yep, there's a, there's a, there's a bit of a snapshot of different things up on the board there. Um, is AFL, NRL, tennis, netball, cricket, soccer, and there'd be a multitude of other sports as well. And again, it just you, you know you might identify with some of those things. Um, it's interesting. My daughter's at university in Wollongong, and it's been a whole cultural change for her because they're not that interested in AFL, believe it or not. They love their rugby league. And, and again, it's just been a different growth and, and the uh, having the seeing the differences between all those sports. It is a remarkable thing that takes a lot of our focus and emotion, and I think it's a good thing. Um, I, I, this is not a sports-bashing session. Um, you may have been aware, that you may even be visitors to Ballarat. I was wandering around central Ballarat yesterday, and there were dozens of kids who were obviously at some massive, massive um, basketball tournament. The kids from moorwall and Tralgan and Melton and all over the place have joined together to celebrate and compete um, in, the, in that particular sporting event. But, okay, sometimes our focus on sport can go a little bit over the top. Sometimes it can, uh, it can breed an element of selfishness. We, there was a, a former um, member of our um, congregation, his name is Peter Fossey. Now, this is probably going back quite a while. Peter and his family worshipped here. And he was a decathlete um, for Australia, and he, he taught with me and he was telling me that he was all set to go to the Commonwealth Games and then injury struck, and suddenly his athletic world uh, disappeared. Can we just have a quick look at the next slide, please? Now, okay, this is a picture of the grand final. Now, those footy fans amongst us might look and they think, well, why are the lights on in the grand final when it's an afternoon game? And if you look closely at the architecture of the stands, this, this isn't the MCG. This is the COVID grand final that was held in Perth. And I suppose I just uh, put a couple of things up like that is because there are some amazing things about uh, Aussie rules. We've had some visitors from England recently, and they couldn't, they were big fans of the English Premier League, and they couldn't believe that... 85,000 people of, diff- of both sides could be sitting in mixed stands and celebrating and cheering and so on. Yes, being very, very passionate about it, but at the end of it, they moved away. They were telling me stories where, um, in uh, some English Premier Leagues, that the police would direct um, one series of fans to completely one side of the town uh, and one to another because of the violence that happened. there. So sport can be a very unifying thing. It can be lots of fun, lots of excitement, lots of passion. But it can, like many things, if there's too much emphasis on it, it can be not a necessarily a positive thing. So if we could watch the, um, the clip, please. Um At 15,
1: you'd chosen to play football for, for the Australian uh, juniors.
2: How did that
1: happen? It was the greatest thing because you got selected. Yeah. But the most important p- person in my life wasn't there. My mum died when I was a young kid. Oh, babe. So by the time I could fly and really show people what I can do as a player, the one person I really wanted to be there wasn't there. Mm. So there was this mixed up young boy who would just go and play the best I could. But look in the grandstand or around car parks, looking for my mum. So your sporting break is going to play for Easts, what was that like moving to the big city? Well I think if you were an Aboriginal young footballer um, in my time Arthur Beetson was the pinnacle so to receive a phone call from Arthur Beetson to say come and play for, come and play under me um, I was on the next plane Yeah. and because it, it's like a dream yeah. to be able to play rugby league on the big stage. Sydney life? pretty different from from the country. How did that affect you? Unfortunately, it can have a negative impact on young boys from the bush as well. If you're not prepared for it, um, it can take you down the wrong track. At the height of my career, injuries come, and I broke my arm, so you had time when you don't have all those other things. And unfortunately for me, Grog was there.
2: Ride. just
1: be real tough, Shane. Oh. Go on now, ride now, go on, go on Shane, go on Shane. Keep trying now, keep going. Keep riding, good, good, good. Keep riding, keep riding, keep riding. Keep riding.
2: What was the pinnacle of your career? In um, 1979, I won the, the Junior Saddle bronc at the Calgary Stampede in Canada. And um, yeah, I'd say that that would be the, 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 the best the best um, international event that I'd ever won. And then um, in 1980, I was runner up in the same event. What was your worst moment? I had a, a saddle bronc go end for end on me um, at, at a rodeo at Alpha. Yeah.
1: Wow, that, that means that the horse rolled forward.
2: Yeah, yes, yes. The first thing that hits the ground is your face, and then um, the whole horse—you're still in the saddle. The whole horse goes right over the top and bends your back over the saddle, and you know that saddle hits you across the back, and and um, and then the whole weight of the horse comes down on you. It can break your back real quick. The outcome of all your hard work
1: was actually competing at an international level. What was that like walking out on the London Olympics?
0: Ah, it was amazing. My dream was coming true in that moment. Standing on the starting line at my first Olympics and all the injuries and the heartbreak and the setbacks that I'd gone through, all the disappointments, all the times that I wanted to quit, all the times that I was on crutches and all the times that I was running in freezing cold water and continuing to just push on and believe that um, that one day my, my chance would come up. Yeah.
1: You said that missing out on the Olympics caused you to, to come to personal faith. Mm. What, what was the process in that? What happened?
0: Yeah, so I was 16 when I qualified for my first Olympics. I was in year 11 at school and you know, running was who I was. It was, you know, it was everything to me. It was soon after that I'd just been told that I would miss the Olympics through this injury. And and a, a new girl came over, her name was Lisa, and she sat beside me and she said, hey, I just want you to know that I've been praying for you. In that moment, it just really touched me that, that she had this idea of God, that um, that she could pray to him for something so trivial as my, as my injury, even though it was a big deal to me, I thought that God was so far away from it. Um, I didn't realise that he cared. I went to church with my new friend, Lisa, and I, I heard the gospel. I heard about Jesus. You know, after a couple of weeks, I, was, I, I, I decided that this is what I wanted to live for. I wanted to live for Jesus.
2: Okay, a remar- some remarkable stories there of, of very capable, very high-level athletes, but I suppose aspects of the disappointment. Um, I will return to t- talking about um, uh, Eloise a little bit later, but, but again, I, I suppose what struck me about doing stu- uh, study for this is that, yeah, I think sport is fantastic and it ful- fulfills and offers so many different opportunities, and yet if that is the sole purpose of, of our living and so on and an intense area of focus, we can be disappointed and let down. Now, again, you probably think, oh, okay, sport, where's the spiritual or biblical references? But it's interesting because the Apostle Paul um, uses quite a few um, spiritual references in, uh, in the New Testament uh, to draw people's attention to it. If you think historically, the Greeks invented the Olympic Games and then uh, later the Romans came and so on. So contests, some of them not particularly pleasant, would have been really part of their culture and part of their their uh, history. As I said, there are some slides up there of a, a sort of like a... Um, obviously, some sort of arena or amphitheatre uh, that were... In F, ones in Ephesus and ones in Philippi, I think, would have just been uh, a remarkable joining together of, of their community and they would have known it. I'm just going to read a couple of, uh, of um, quotes from um, the Apostle Paul, talking about sporting references in the New Testament, running the race. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 27, the Apostle Paul uses the analogy of an athletic competition, specifically a race, to describe the Christian life. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. And this passage talks about the discipline, perseverance, and endurance necessary in a spiritual journey. Also, in the next couple of verses, he talks about boxing and fighting. So I don't run aimlessly, and I don't box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control. Lest, after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified... And again, that sense of physical wrestling with uh, possibly with sin in the flesh. Then in 2 Timothy 2, 3-4, to 4, Paul expands the, um, the example and talks about uh, the discipline of being a soldier. Endure hardship with us like a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs. Rather, he tries to please his commanding officer. And you might think I'm drawing a, sort of a, a long bow here, but I also believe that there's an element of that um, what sport fulfills. And I like to think of it as, as um, a battle without the bloodshed. Often we have that innate desire to compete against each other or to challenge each other, but then it's played out on a, on a, on a stage but without the, the uh, bloodshed in, in, uh, in warfare. Now, let's have a look at that uh, the verse... There, that's um, up on the screen, and the need for self-discipline. Okay, it's exactly which, which is the one that I read, I read before. Okay. So, thank you. If you could go to the next slide, please, Dave. Now, in the 80s, and this may have been before your time, but I'm going to talk about it anyway, there was a very famous film uh, called Chariots of Fire. And Charities Fire told the story of Eric Liddell, uh, who was a Christian, and Harold Abrams, who was a, a Jewish athlete. And it was interesting, and it talked about the role and what they saw as uh, a vehicle for different aspects of their life. Uh, the crux of the film is that Eric, uh, the finals in, in, in uh, Eric's particular chosen race was on a Sunday, And as a Christian, um, he felt that, no, it wasn't right for him to run on that day. But there are some important quotes there that I'd like to read. He said, I believe God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. I think that's important because, as I said, I didn't want today to be construed as an anti-sport thing because I think sport can be amazing. It can provide a lot of opportunities and disciplines for us and i also genuinely believe that people have been given a god-given gift and as eric says there when god made me for a purpose and when i run i feel his pleasure it was interesting as i was walking into church today um i just walked past the kids church area and there was like a little notice brought up there about what they're looking at today and the quote that uh that i've Saw it, it says God can work through the things we enjoy. This is an important lesson, I think. God has given us particular skills and talents. It doesn't necessarily have to be sporting. It can be artistic. It can be a whole range of other things. He has given us these talents, these gifts to enjoy. I suppose my word of warning and caution is that sometimes if these things become an absolute obsession, well, then it can be detrimental. I was sharing uh, in the break between the services. um, I went to a conference um, in in Germany probably over 20 years ago with some kids, and there were groups of students from all over the world, and um, a guest speaker stood up, and forgive my German accent, he said, boys and girls, he said, I am a terrific father. He said, I work 80 hours a week, and I provide everything for my family. We go on holidays and everything. And I can still remember, and this was quite a, a, a chilling moment where... A person, a boy, uh, put his hand up and he said, when do you spend time with your family? And I can remember this very capable, successful German uh, businessman standing on the stage in front of these thousands of kids. It was like a deer caught in the headlights. It's interesting because his sense of worth, his sense of purpose, was linked into his career. The fact that he worked 80 hours a week and he could provide everything materially for his family but perhaps wasn't there uh, as, as much as you could be. And I think like sport, that can be a danger for us. If we focus on anything and if something becomes our total, total focus, that is a difficulty. We opened today with the song, I Am a Child of God. And again, this reminded me, of a situation that, uh, that happened quite a few years ago now. I, I remember um, I'm a school teacher and I, I was in a, in, a, in, a, in a context, sort of a leadership context, of talking with some parents about the, the, the particular needs of their young child um, uh, who had some learning challenges and so on. So we, we had a couple of people in, in the room there to help and support. But I don't quite know how or when, at some point the, inter- the interview, the discussion went south, shall we say, and um, I don 't know whether they didn't like the fact that you know their, their child was being well not, um, had need of this extra attention, but anyway, um, I remember the mum was very angry and aggressive and started sort of shouting in a raised voice, do you know who I am? I know these people in Ballarat. And she started to reel off people um, in positions of power and responsibility in the education world of Ballarat. And it was quite funny. I don't know if you've ever been confronted with a with a sort of quite aggressive situation. and Suddenly suddenly, I'm thinking, okay, well, okay, who, who do I know? Who, who? And the, the, only thing, <laughs> the only thing I could think of, and some of you won't even know what this is, this is how irrelevant it is. I was thinking... Well, I was on a plane once with Simon Crean, who's like a long-forgotten, has-been Labour politician. And I thought, isn't this pathetic? I'm just trying to grab at all these things. But then, as was sung in the song, this image came to me. I am a child of God. And it wasn't some sort of arrogant, you know, and I didn't enter that into the conversation. But it's nothing that I have done, but it's something that we share. Those who believe in... In, uh, in God we are children of God so that puts things into, into a context now continuing with that next quote of Eric Liddell and I really quite like, like this in the movie he was talking after his, his event and his success to a group of young people probably in, in a, like a little chapel or church somewhere and it's, he says you came to see a race today to see someone win and it happened to be me But I want you to do more than just watch a race. I want you to take part in it. I want you to compare faith to running in a race. It's hard. It requires concentration of will and energy of soul. So once again, I think this is our challenge today. Paul, as I've alluded to, had lots of examples of Tying in with what they would have understood about um, discipline uh, and training for so on. But then Eric in this particular thing has linked it to the race that we run as Christians. Yes, there is discipline. It is hard work. But then the rewards are eternal. The rewards are deep. They are lasting. They are meaningful. I remember... My under-12 footies coach... Now, you know, for someone who only had two full games in two and a half years, you, know, you, you might think that I had dismissed, uh, dismissed him as obviously overlooking uh, sensational talent. But 50 years ago, he gave this advice, and it stuck with me. He said, OK, boys, at the end of the day, it's just kicking a bag of wind around. Um, which has stayed with me, because it puts things into perspective. Yep. I love football, and yes, I have cheered till I'm hoarse on numerous occasions. But sometimes, particularly in our context, I think it's important to put things into a perspective. Sometimes it's just kicking a bag of wind around. Yes... I joked before about the Herald Sun, if you're an alien from outer space, but even God looking down and looking at the world and so on and just seeing our priorities and different things. I did some Googling, because I also like soccer, uh, even though I'm not very good at it. Um, I was Googling how much Cristiano Ronaldo is paid this year. Now, think of a number and add some zeros. Because... He's, he was paid 232 million euros. I think I worked it out. It's $323 million Australian for one season with uh, Saudi Arabian, al Nassr, Saudi Arabian. I don't know. Okay, good on him. He's skilled at kicking a bag of wind around some stadium in the Middle East. Good on him. But $300 million given to him for, for that. It's, you know... To me, there's something not quite right with that. It does sound like sour grapes, but I'm just being, you know, just observing that. I think, again, to put things into perspective, I'd like to finish with a quote, or a couple of quotes, but one from Eloise Wellings that I uh, explored a little bit fo- uh, more fully. A remarkable athlete. As I said, she was, she was eligible for an Olympic Games when she was 16. But as Peter Gibbs was describing and she was describing, unfortunately on several occasions injury happened and this dream and the, and the, the, the longing and the discipline and the training, the hours and hours of training suddenly, boom, just disappeared. But as she described in the little clip, wasn't it amazing that her friend someone had a little chat to her she heard the gospel and it demonstrated that no it wasn't her her identity wasn't in the running or the medals and so on but it was more than that she still pursued um, her running and was successful in attending I think it was the the London Olympics but um, and she competed in Commonwealth Games and so on a remarkable remarkable athlete but I'll just read this quote for you all of my disappointments, all of my disappointing results and disappointing injuries and heartbreak missing three Olympics, there was always this belief and faith that my identity is in Jesus. And that is my foundation. When you've got that, you can't be shaken. Every time I get up to train, I just ask that He be glorified, that He give me the strength to do it. And he helped give me the right thoughts to think, and not necessarily that I win, but that he would be made known to people as I run. What an amazing, balanced uh, perspective that that is from uh, Eloise Wellings. As I have emphasized, I think sport is great. I think it's a, um, a uniting thing. It can be a very, very positive thing. But when it becomes our sole focus... That is where we are setting ourselves up for um, a failure. Can we have a look at the, I think it's that slide. Now, I just jotted down some notes here about uh, aspects of what sport is. Let's look at exercise, community. There's that sense of belonging. There's the team spirit, the connection, the purpose, and the discipline. People go to training. Um, I was saying, I drive from central Ballarat down here and often outside Eastern Oval, even at 8 o'clock on a, Saturday, on a Sunday morning, dozens of cars there. You know, People are there. They're focused on, on Sunday morning footy. But then I also think elements of our community, our faith community. Okay, yes, there is that, that element of exercise, that need for spiritual growth. Okay, we don't just lay on, on, the, on the couch spiritually, let's hope not, that there are opportunities in prayer and Bible reading and joining together where we are disciplined and strengthen our spiritual growth. Sense of community, mixed, eclectic bunch of people here today. Isn't that fantastic? We are still united by the fact that, yes, as I described before, we are children of God. There's that team spirit, teamwork, that fellowship that we enjoy. The connection, yes, we are diverse in many regards. Different backgrounds, different ages, and yet we are God's family. And then there's this sense of purpose. It isn't just uh, a ribbon or an accolade at the end of a race. There is that eternal purpose. Then there's also the discipline. The monitoring of our behavior. Improving in different areas. Focusing on things to get better, to be closer to God. Like many things, we have been given different talents and skills. But I suppose I'm just hoping that, uh, that we put things into perspective, that we have a bit of a think about it. Yeah, we celebrate. As the, as the children's thing says, God can work through the things that we enjoy. And I think that I'd like to, you know, I suppose finish with this in a sense, that challenge for us in this coming week. That, okay, we analyze what we do, what, what gives us that buzz and enjoyment, and it could be a variety of different things, but in what ways can we um, involve God in that and demonstrate, as Eloise uh, Wellings was saying, that through our excitement and involvement in these things, that we can demonstrate God's love to us and draw other people into that. I think that's right. Okay, and there's a final f- slide. Sorry, I, I missed this the, the first time. because there a... Right, okay. I think it is important that we have that um, perspective. And and this is a, a verse from Psalms that I've selected to finish off. Psalm 37. For like the grass, they will soon wither. Like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. As I said, I'd just like to finish with that because, yeah, if we're in tune with God, if we are delighting in what he's done for us and so on and see um, our responsibilities and our um, love for him demonstrating itself in practical ways, he will give us the desires of our heart. Now, I commend all those amazing athletes. Uh, As I said, I still get a kick out of watching sport, even though I must confess I am a bit of a wussy Collingwood supporter who can't really watch anything in comfort until I know that we've won. Then I can watch the replay, which is um, not not particularly mature, but anyway. Um, Sport, other things are amazing. God has given us a variety of different talents, but I suppose just to finish with this um, element of perspective, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Shall we pray? Dear God, we thank you for, uh, I suppose, sport and activity and a whole range of other things. Artistic, creative, um, different aspects of life that we enjoy, that we're excited and passionate about. Lord, we thank you for the whole raft of emotions and feelings that we have as, as human beings. We pray that we will use these skills to bring glory to you. But then, a little bit of a perspective that, um, that we will see that there is a broader picture at stake. There's a broader um, necessity of, of balance and perspective. And we pray that we will indeed delight ourselves in the Lord and the delights of our, and the desires of our hearts will be fulfilled. Be with us in this coming week, we pray. And again, maybe revisit elements of this and challenge or question um, different aspects of. Um, I suppose, sport and the different priorities that it has in our society. We commit this to you and ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: If you would like prayer or to find our sermon-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video. Like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.